Hail Oxal. So this episode, if you can call it that, is a bit of a joke. Really low effort content. I used this game, this uh, chatbot called AI Dungeon, to generate a ludicrous fictional story that plays into the sort of tongue-in-cheek Scandi-Futurist fables that I sometimes serve you here on this podcast. AI Dungeon, if you don't know, is a text-based computer game, a chatbot, really, that works in your browser. You can play it both single-player or multiplayer, which uses artificial intelligence to generate virtually limitless adventures, which are usually somewhat pulpy by nature. So I was hanging out in the Brute Norse Discord one evening, and I thought it would be fun to see what it did if I fed it an absurd Scandinavian retro-futurist power fantasy. I added a little bit of world-building context to its memory and let the AI do the rest. The, the only things that I added to this story was the opening paragraphs and then only once in a while I pushed it in the right direction when it got stuck, which it often does, or started repeating itself. So for the story in question, I'm more of a producer or editor uh, to the tale that I'm about to read to you. I'm going to go ahead and say that this episode will add absolutely nothing to your understanding of Scandinavian prehistory. And should I say, is it even Scandi-Futurism? Well, in the sense that it is non-linear, that it jumbles past, present, and future, it is. This episode is sort of to compensate for the downtime that I've had, um, having spent the past two months in Norway, which was fantastic, by the way, which was also away from my podcasting equipment. I did, however, make a few videos, uh, some of which will be available on the YouTube channel, while others are Patreon exclusive. Either way, you'll find them through the link below if you really want to look. Now, without further ado, this is my reading of a piece that I've chosen to call Do Viking Androids Dream of Electric Ships? An AI-generated piece of Scandi-Futurist pulp fiction. In the past and the future, now and forever, my name is Erik Storesund, and you're listening to the Brute Norse Podcast, where we walk backwards into the future. In 2045, the Scandinavian countries were purchased by a powerful corporation by the name of Brute Norse, a self-described Scandi-Futurist organization with the express goal of promoting Scandinavian culture, folklore, and archaeology, with a big emphasis on Norse paganism and literature. It had started out so innocently. But the Scandifutrists quickly became a powerful faction in a pan-Scandinavian civil war, being heralded as the final voice of reason, balancing source criticism and production of meaning. The key to their success was sheer technocratic wit. Armed with powerful machine learning technology and supercomputers, the Scandifutrists hacked the major networks of the world, forcing the language settings of every computer in every nation across the entire planet into Old Norse. Now that global communications were forced to their knees, the world had no choice but to adopt Old Norse as the new lingua franca, and accepted the Jante law as the new global constitution. 
By the year 2102, the entire human race found itself in the forceful employment of Brutnor's corporation. Governed by the sacred kingship of an omnipotent AI by the name of King Olaf, who amused himself by engineering new and fantastic, unspeakable life forms to be sacrificed to his honor in massive, live-streamed ceremonies of mandatory attendance. No sooner had the world fallen to the clutches of Scandi futurist industrialists before their endgame was revealed. They would bring the Viking Age into deep space, discovering ancient and alien civilizations and plundering their sacred sites. Your name is Snorri, a eunuch miner working on an off-world colony in the deepest cracks of the solar system. It's a monotonous, soul-crushing job, maintaining your sanity only through reckless speculation in gnome-based cryptocurrencies. But one day, you receive a call from the colonial overseer telling you that he has received reports of strange lights in the sky. The colonists have been evacuated, and there is but little time left. He wants you to go now. You're not quite sure what to expect when you arrive at the colony. The colony is huge, stretching for miles around and housing thousands of people. There are two main buildings, one for living quarters and the other for work areas. Most of the population lives in these structures, which are made out of wood and metal. The place looks like it could collapse at any moment. And the atmosphere is so thin that even a small gust can cause catastrophic damage. Your quarters there are unenviable, but that's not even the worst part. The planet's indigenous inhabitants are Huldufolk, often called elves, thousands of which were quickly set to work in the silver mines to satisfy the demand of Forshammer pendants on Earth. You hate those guys. Hildefolk are mischievous at heart, and a few have found it amusing to curse the mining equipment to kill the miners inside. And even when they're not trying to sabotage the place, their presence has been a source of strife, as they keep demanding equal rights for their kind. Despite being around long before the Norwegians showed up, they have no appreciation for the values of hard work and discipline that the human colonists have brought to this world. And this has caused a divide in the colony between those who want to respect the rights of the Huldefolk and those who want to drive them away. By the year 2098, it was even discovered that the Huldefolk could work metal with their bare hands, rendering much of the human workforce obsolete. As human workers became unemployed, Huldefolk work teams began sprouting up. And now you can't go anywhere on the colony without seeing their green, silky faces. The worst part is, they're all actually pretty nice. It makes you sick. You've heard rumors of an underground Huldufolk civilization spanning dozens of worlds. You try to stop thinking about it lest you go crazy. It's, it's just too much. You go back to your job. The lights in the sky are actually ships, belonging to an alien race known as the Jotnar, or Ice Giants. A race of creatures spirited into existence by King Olaf via Huldufolk time-bending technology. These particular creatures enjoy traveling to planets with low-temperature atmospheres and throwing boulders at anything that moves. In order to keep this lucrative business running, the Ice Giants have sent their monthly tribute, 30% of the planet's silver reserves, each and every month. Your job is to oversee the unloading of this tribute. 
You walk out to the landing pad to find a dozen frost giants piling out of their ship. Their appearance is terrifying as they stand three times the height of even the largest Norwegian and have thick white hair and blue skin. Their leader, an enormous beast with tusks the size of long swords, walks over to you. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a black stone, which he hands to you. Truce! He grunts. Truce. You nod. They begin unloading the silver tribute. This process continues for four years. But in the fourth year, something changes. Again, you're on the landing pad, when the frost giant comes over to you. And again, he pulls out a black stone. And then, a silver one. He grunts. You raise an eyebrow. Truce? War! He slams the stones onto the ground and crushes them with his feet. Frost giants begin emerging from the ship, snarling. The silver stone was a declaration of war. It's your worst nightmare come true. Four years was all it took for the humans to grow complacent. Now they're about to get the harsh reminder that this is a post-apocalyptic world where there's no such thing as peace. The first volley of boulders knocks down the perimeter fence and wipes out the power plant. The next two volleys annihilate the human population. Stop! This is genocide! You shriek. But nobody is listening. You run over to the mining outpost and find that all the workers have fled. In the distance, you can hear the screams of your people. You want to help them, but what can one person do? You go back to your living quarters and find that your wife has committed suicide. You bury her, then decide what to do next. This is the worst case scenario you, you always feared. Now that it's happened, what can you do? The only humans left are enslaved or have taken refuge in New Oslo, the colony's capital. You can attempt to spark a rebellion, try to save as many as you can, or take a more pragmatic approach and see if there's anything worth salvaging from this disaster. Those bastards finally did it. There's no way King Olaf will stand for this. He'll crush the Jotnar like he always said he would. And then you can get back to work. Sure enough, when you reach New Oslo, there is an announcement from King Olaf, the supercomputer who serves as sacred king of the Scandi Futures Corporation, and all of humanity with it. He declares this act of war by the Jotnar to be the last straw. Olaf says, and you can't say you disagree with his sentiments. The only thing you're wondering about is how he'll achieve it. All Olaf says is that he'll be sending his armada, to say nothing about the weapons of mass destruction he has at his disposal. But you've no doubts that he will use them. He's threatened as much in the past, and now you know he'll follow through. You find yourself in a moral dilemma. You don't necessarily agree with King Olaf's scorched earth policy, but the Jotnar are a threat to your livelihood. Perhaps he's right. Perhaps it's best to put an end to this conflict once and for all, regardless of the cost. The very next day, a fleet of Olaf's ships leave New Oslo to go to Jotunheim. You feel uneasy as you board the same ship. Destination, Jotunheim. You strap yourself into your seat and make sure that your breathing mask is secure. This is it. This is the end of the line. The fleet moves faster than anything you've ever experienced. And soon, you find yourself in a foreign star system. 
Jotunheim proving itself to be nothing more than a distant ball of ice. Ahead of you lies Jotunheim itself, its frozen surface marred by canyons and cracks. Massive turrets line the surface, and you know they're for more than just aesthetics. This is going to be a battlefield, that's for sure. The transport you're on locks onto an entry vector and moves in close to the planet's surface. You see other transports near you, all of which are dropping large metal containers over the sides. You close your eyes and make the sign of the hammer, and just then, the containers snap open, and the largest war robots you've ever seen plummets towards the planet's surface. Explosions obliterate the transport, but not before its computers release the lifeboats. You float away into the endless void of space, wondering if you'll ever come back from this one. One month passes. You find yourself aboard a small spacecraft, holding on to the last shreds of your consciousness. This is it. You're all that's left. Of the hundreds of thousands of soldiers King Olaf had sent, you are one of the few survivors. And you have not returned home. Podcasts are your only source of news about the Scandi Futurist Crusade against Jotunheim. What you hear is blood-curdling. You've caused the death of thousands of frost giants, from elite warriors to innocent children. This is what the war is about. Genocide! And you're the one carrying it out. The irony is not lost on you. Yet, the worst is yet to come. You find the lifeboat has drifted near Jotunheim's orbit, and another larger craft with a massive bay door nearby. As your lifeboat docks, the door opens up and reveals the other survivors of the expedition. They look like refugees from a battlefield, and their craft is in no better condition. But that's the least of your concerns right now. Because you see someone you recognize. It's Sigrid, the shield maiden you saved on the first day of battle. She looks much older now, and her eyes are sunken in. Hey, she says. Sigrid? What? She interrupts you and pulls out a pistol, pointing at you. Thanks for saving me back there, she says. I won't forget it. She pulls the trigger. You've been killed by the hands of a worthy foe. But instead of darkness, there's light. A strange, otherworldly light. You find yourself in the presence of the gods, all staring down at you. So, Odin says, you're the last of the human army, are you? He snaps his fingers, and a book appears in his hands. He begins flipping through it before stopping at a page. Ah, here we are. Human, born on the planet Earth. He looks at you. What do you know of the planet Earth? It resides in the solar galaxy, you say, unsure of how this information will be received. Indeed it does, Odin says. And that is where you came from. Tell me. Are there any remaining life forms there? Uh, how should I know? You shrug. Odin sighs and flips through the book. The last humans are a dying species, he says. We'll need to do something about that. I suppose we could find them a new planet. And you don't really like where this is going. Perhaps we could relocate them to one of the nine worlds, he pauses before looking at you again. I wonder, would you like to be a god? 
What? You say? You'd still be able to create a new species. You'd just have some help. I'd rather not, you say. What I'd really like is to go home. Odin stares at you, disappointed. I thought you'd say as much, he says. Your eyes well up, and you can barely bring yourself to say it. I would prefer to get back at the Jotnar, to avenge my wife, you see. Odin smiles. Ah, yes. It's all about revenge. Then you'll help me, you ask hopefully. I'll do one better, he says, snapping his fingers. You find yourself back on Earth, in your bed. It was all a dream. Then a figure stands over you, holding a knife. It's Sigrid. Ah, so you did think of me when you slept, she says, stabbing you. You scream in horror and pain as the knife pierces your chest. You yell for help and struggle to get free, but Sigrid's too strong. You took my husband, and now I'll take your life, she hisses. She begins stabbing you repeatedly in the chest as blood stains your bedsheets. You scream for help, and eventually you fall unconscious. You die there, stabbed to death by your psycho neighbor. And so ends our saga, with yours truly, going out like a punk. <laughs>